Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Well, it's great to be with you. Yeah, so if you're a visitor, uh, I'm a visitor too. So I'm like you. We're visiting this church together today. And um, as Sim said, I lead a church in, in Essex. It's okay, by the way, Essex. It's all right. Uh, it was just God's calling. My wife said to me, really? Essex? From Peru in the Andean Mountains in Cusco to Essex. My wife said, surely. Surely, is that right? I said, well, God's saying it. And she said, okay, well, well, we'll do it. But it's been lovely to be with you all weekend. And, and um, I'm passionate about Jesus. I love Jesus with everything that I have. My whole, my life, my soul, I love Jesus. Just to put it in context, I don't come from a family, apart from my wife and my children, I don't come from a family who know Jesus at all, who, who don't, they don't know Jesus, they haven't come to faith in Jesus yet, um, but I grew up in a family where nobody knew about Jesus, but one day I encountered him myself, um, and just in a way of introduction, when I was uh, 14 years old, I couldn't read and write. It was something that I'd run away from all my life. I'd gone to 13 schools by that point because my father was in the military. I was excellent at rugby. One was going to play for Scotland maybe, but, you know, they're not that excellent. So I, I had to. But anyway, we won this year and we'll rejoice about that for the next 10 years probably. But actually, um, and then I, I remember saying to God, God, I, I don't really know you. And then my next door neighbor knocked to my door and said, you know what, I want you to know that I'm praying for you in the situation that you're facing right now. And I'm like, whoa, you don't know what situation I'm facing, fella. You're just this odd Christian man that lives next door who my father really gets quite annoyed by. Um, and a long story short, because I haven't got much time this morning, but, but, I, but I, when I was at that age, I, I gave my life to Jesus. And I said to Jesus, Jesus, if you're... If you really are real, come and encounter me. Come and have a living relationship with me. And then also I, I said to Jesus, change my life then. And he did. And I don't want to speak about it too much. I get emotional. But, but, but Jesus helped me to read and write. And, and I've got up in my office, in my, in my workplace. Um, you'll see on my office, there's a picture on the wall. And it's a little picture of a cat. And it, said this, it says this. It simply says, it's the cat sat on the mat. And everybody walks in and looks at that plaque and, and looks at that picture. They go, what does that mean? And I, and I tell them the story that actually at the age of 13 and a half, 14, I couldn't write. The cat sat on the mat. And that was the first thing that I wrote. And ever since then, Jesus has just, just transformed my life. He's just changed who I am. He, he's just made me the person I am today. And I am who I am today because God is living within my soul and he's radically changed my life. I went on to study. I was a chef, as many of you heard. And I went on to study theology and planted the church in, 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 um, in Peru. And, and absolutely, the book's already been translated into English at the moment. So, and and just, just say that in the context to say that we've sung some songs today about the God of miracles. And I want to say amen to that. Because my God that I serve is a God of miracles. And I know that because he, he's done it in my life. And we're going to hear some fantastic stories soon about that, I'm sure. But let me just put it in context what I want to say today. You know, Jesus, we all know, don't we, that Jesus was born as a cute little baby. He was born as a baby in this world. And Jesus was born as a baby. He grew up as a man and he did some fantastic things. He, he healed people. He, he transformed people's lives. And he did some fantastic things while he was on earth. But you and I, we weren't born at that time. We missed that opportunity to see him face to face. But um, and then we know in the story 
Most people know this part of the story, that Jesus, when he was a bit older, um, people said you know, they didn't like what he was standing up for. He didn't like what he said. And they said, you know what, the only way we're going to get rid of this guy called Jesus is we're going to crucify him. Now that's that's a bit extreme, really, isn't it, that you think? But we're going to crucify him just to get rid of him because he's saying all these things that actually, when we look at it, he is transforming lives and he's doing some amazing and radical things. But he's getting in the way of what we're doing. So we get, the leaders of the day said, we're going to crucify this Jesus. And they did. And I love the story because you know, they tried to get rid of him, <laughs> but they couldn't get rid of him because three days later, um, he, he rose uh, from the dead, and, and he is alive uh, today. And he's alive today. And how do I know that? He's alive today because he has transformed my life. And, and, and I want us just to look at this, uh, the book of Acts, which is a, a book in the Bible, which is a bit later on. So to put it in context, Jesus had, had died. Um, he had rose again. And then he had sort of surprised them all. Hey, I'm here. They're going, woo. That was kind of a cool thing to do. And then after that, he, he ascended to be back with the Father. And then he, he spoke to these people about how he would reveal himself again by this thing called the Holy Spirit. You know, God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A bit complex if you're not used to church. But basically, the Holy Spirit is Jesus' presence with us here today. The one who lives in my heart and has changed my heart and can change your heart too. So here we go in the book of Acts. It says this in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. So just set the picture, really. Um, Jesus, is God, Jesus is back up in heaven with the Father, and it says this in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of the Father's promise. For you have not, wait for the gift of the Father's, Father's promise, which you have heard from me spoken about. For John baptized in water, but in a few days I will baptize in the Holy Spirit. And people are like, well, okay, well, let's not leave Jerusalem then because something amazing is going to happen. Uh, this, this presence of God by his power, by his spirit, is going to come down on earth now. And then it says later on in verse 7, uh, he said to them, For I know that you might not know when that's going to happen, but wait. And, and, and as you wait upon me, you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It will become upon you, and I will call you to be the people of God, uh, really is what it's saying. And so I just want to put that in context, and then I want to skip. Um, so the Holy Spirit came, the presence of God came, and maybe for some of you that are visiting this morning, you're like, well, hey, that worship was really, really, really great, and I saw, felt there was something there, and it felt a bit different, didn't feel very normal, I sensed there was a presence there, and we would say that that is, is the presence of God by his Holy Spirit. And then later on, the Holy Spirit comes in this book, in this story, the Holy Spirit comes across, uh, comes on upon people uh, at the day of Pentecost. And then there's this guy called Peter. Peter, Peter was a bit of a rebel. Uh, that's an understatement. Peter was a bit of a rebel, but Peter came to faith in this Jesus bloke too. And then he, he addresses the crowd and he preaches a phenomenal message. Somebody says it like this, Peter's sermon is only really preached in a five-minute sermon, but five verses in this five-minute sermon that radically will change people's lives forever. So Peter then stands up in a group of people a little bit like us, maybe a lot more of us, and he starts to tell a story to the people. And he says to them, I want to tell you a story about this person uh, called Jesus, who some of you have already uh, spoken um, badly of. So Peter, first thing I want to say is this, Peter preached a powerful message. He told them plainly who Jesus was. He was the Son of God, 
and he came as the Son of God, and now he's come back, gone back to be with the Father, and now that the Holy Spirit's presence will come upon you. So Peter preached a powerful message. He said, the person you tried to get rid of, Jesus, has come back. And you saw that, because these people would have seen that happening. The person you tried to get rid of has come back, Jesus. And now he's ascended up into heaven, and now his powerful spirit has come upon you all today. So he preached a powerful message. If we see it in the Bible here, in, in, in a book of Acts chapter 2, verse 33, it says that the Father promised the Holy Spirit, and he poured out his Holy Spirit upon his people. And he will, he will come so he can exalt himself. So he preached a powerful message, and he preached an important message. Why was this message important? This message was important because until this point, loads of people had rejected this person called Jesus. Loads of people had rejected him. Loads of people have just not acknowledged him in their lives at all. But he came to bring a word of promise. Because in the Bible, we have this thing called prophecy, where words are spoken before they happen. And it's really interesting in my story, because um, in my story, this, in my whole story of, of me coming to faith in Jesus, uh, many, many years later, I, I remember picking up a card of, uh, that some really odd person gave to me, who was a friend of my auntie's, who said that God will do a new thing in your life. And I received that card when I was eight years old on my eighth birthday, uh, party and, and, and all she did was write that at the bottom of the card. I never found that till I was about 30 years old because my mum was cleaning out her loft. And, and that was a sense of, 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 of God had already revealed to me a bit of a prophecy of what he was going to do in my life. But here as Peter's with these people, he speaks about how, he speaks about the message of, of the promise, the prophecy that actually this is going to happen because God had already ordained it to happen. And we can see, we haven't got time today um, I'm a Baptist, I love the word, I love to preach the word, and it's full of loads of stories. But if we went back from the book of Acts, right to back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, and just read it um, as, as much as we would love to do that today, we haven't got time, but we would see so many stories about how when God said that Jesus would come. In the Old Testament, God said that Jesus would come. And then, and then Jesus was born as a baby, and it wasn't a surprise to God. So it says in the Old Testament, God said that Jesus would come. And in the New Testament, Jesus came. And we see in Scripture time and time again that the, the things that happened were already told to us before they happened. Now, I don't know about you, you know, but I think that's amazing. I think it's absolutely amazing that for 400, 500 years before they happened, somebody had said that they were going to happen. And when they did happen, I don't know about you, but I would just be like, Wow. That is just amazing. So Peter, in this passage, he preached a, a, a message of power. He preached a message of importance, but he preached a message of promise. He was saying, this, this thing that I've promised to you that's going to happen, is already happened, but it's also going to happen a lot more today. So then if we look in our, if we, let me just read it to you. If we look in our Bibles, it says here, Peter uh, spoke to them and he said, you know, the one who you condemned and the one who you crucified is now Jesus, and is alive and well. And what you have just witnessed a few moments ago, with loads of people speaking in funny languages, loads of, uh, loads of people speaking in odd languages, and, and that was the presence of God coming by his Spirit. As so all these people that condemned Jesus must have been stood there going, wow, 
Wow. And Peter's really strong in what he says. He says this. He says this. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this, that God has made this Jesus be alive and well today. The one who you crucified is alive. The one who you crucified is alive today. So he preached a message of, of the promise, about how the, the promise of him coming, he's come, he was born as a baby, he died on a cross, he ascended back into the Father, and then this is where you and I kind of actively get involved in the story. He said that he's going to pour his Spirit's presence within us to enable us to be the people of God that he's called us to be. You know, you guys don't really know me. I'm just visiting you for the weekend. But, you know, I know the transformation that God has taken place in, uh, that's taken place in my life because of Jesus. And you're going to hear some fantastic stories in a minute, I know, about other people are here today who get baptized in the water of baptism. That's really cool because I'm a Baptist. I love water. Amen. <laughs> and, um, and I don't know if it's warm, but amen if it's not anyway. Um, and, and, and those people are going to share their stories of how they encountered Jesus now, they didn't encounter the person of Jesus. They encountered his presence, his spirit. And I, I look up, I was born in 1975. I know I, I, I look younger, but I was born in 1975. And some days I'd love to be born in this time because I'd love to have seen Jesus myself. But I have seen him in my own life in many different ways. My family think I'm a crazy man. They don't understand when I speak about this Jesus person. But when they see what God has done in my life, they can't just say, okay. So my father, who's very, military, uh, very seen in the military, who's a retired um, person now, he said, I, I, don't understand, I don't understand this Jesus. I don't understand what you believe. But I have seen a life transformed. And I have seen a person changed. And we're going to hear some stories in a few moments' time of people that have done that. So there's Peter, he's preaching this powerful message, the Holy Spirit comes down and he says, you know what, this is the one that can change you. You crucified him but he stood alive and now what are you going to do about it? So Peter then speaks about the Holy Spirit. He speaks about who God is. And there and then, in that circumstance, in that situation, loads of things would have been happening. Loads of people's lives would have been radically changed because of that. And when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus comes into our life, he performs miracles. He turns our world upside down. He takes what we have and he makes it better. And we sung a song just a few moments ago. You know, we spoke about how God is a God who restores. God is a God who brings hope. God is a God who mends the brokenhearted. God is a God that does all of that and so much more. But he also preached a message of purpose. And the purpose that Jesus came, was born as a baby, was crucified on a cross, rose again three days later, ascended to be with the Father, and allowed his spirit to come on this day when Peter was preaching, was why? Because he wanted to fulfill his purpose. And his purpose is this. His purpose, and it says in the Gospel of John, John chapter um, 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will have life, and life in all its fullness. Because see, he came, Jesus came to fulfill his promise, and that promise was to take you and me from a life full of eternal darkness to a life full of eternal hope. That's what he came to do. 
Let me just interlude and tell you a story. I'm part of a life group in my church, and I might get a bit emotional, but is this okay if I do that? My neighbor, who who has been my neighbor for three years, her name is Linda. Her name was Linda, and I'll tell you why it was, because just a few days ago, on on Tuesday, uh, I had a privilege to to be with her late at night with my wife, um, where she she passed away. She died on, on Tuesday night, and uh, but the thing was really wonderful because just a few days before that, my friend Linda, who was my neighbor, and I'd spoken to a lot about Jesus, I never thought she really wanted to know about Jesus. A few days later, I was with my wife, and we both knelt alongside her. Well, actually, my wife was really strategic. She took her, uh, the husband into the front room to talk about some medical stuff and left me to do some talking about Jesus stuff. And I, and, I, and I spoke to her, and I said to her all about my story and my testimony. And I said to Linda, Linda, do you know what? This same Jesus came for the same purpose uh, that he came for my life, to save me. He also wants to save you. And I had the privilege just, just over a week ago with my neighbor who had no faith at all. Uh, I had the privilege of holding her hand just a few days ago and praying a prayer of repentance with her and her giving her life to Jesus. And it was the most beautiful thing. And actually, a few days ago when she died, I went in to see her just before she slipped away and she had this beautiful smile on her face. And she hadn't been awake for a, long t- a couple of days. She had this beautiful smile on her face. And she simply just said, Hello with her eyes open so wide and her mouth open so wide. And she simply said, hello. And her husband was really comforted by that because he had a sense that she was saying hello to him. I was really comforted by that because I believe in that moment she was saying hello to Jesus. She was saying hello to Jesus, you see. And, and, and we see on the, when Jesus was on the cross, there was two people. And one of them said, well, I want to be with you today in paradise. Can I be? And Jesus said, yes, you can. And actually, I was really grateful to God that because Jesus came for a purpose. He came for a purpose, and his purpose was to take you and I from the place that we have been to a revelation of Jesus, who Jesus is, to a place where God wants us to be forever. And I had a real privilege this week, and, uh, and I had the privilege of doing her funeral probably in the next week or so. And now I can, I can say some different words than I was going to say a month ago. But you see, this message, Peter says that he preached a message about a purpose, that Jesus came. Jesus came to give us life. And Jesus came to give us life in all its fullness. Now I stand before you today, a person, I've had wealth in abundance, but it didn't satisfy me. I've had everything that I've needed from a worldly point of view. I've been a very fortunate person. But you know what? It never satisfied me one bit. Never satisfied me one bit. But when I encountered Jesus, that has, from the day that happened to today, that has satisfied me completely. You see, Peter preached a message about the purpose of why Jesus came. And in that moment, Jesus came by the power of his spirit and he spoke of what he had done. He spoke of what he could do in that moment. And he spoke of what he could do in the future. And I want to say to some of you today who might be here just uh, coming to see the Baptists who don't know Jesus at all. You might say, well, actually, do you know what? That's, that's not relevant to me. It is relevant to you. It is relevant to you. Because Jesus wants to say that, actually, I, I came so that you could have a life 
and a purpose and a future with me forever. And for those of us who have been Christians a long time, I think Peter just reminds us here in this story that actually we need to be people that are fully dependent on allowing the Holy Spirit to be a part of our souls and and to allow him to intercede on our behalfs and and lead us to do the things that he has called us to do. And then we see later on in this passage, um, when the people had heard this, this message that Peter proclaimed, and Peter wasn't a softy, he just said it how it was. I'm being kind today. If Peter was here, he would have said it a lot stronger than I'm saying it. But when Peter had heard this, it cut them to the throat And they said to Peter, Peter then, what shall we do then? What shall we do? We have condemned this Jesus. We have rejected this Jesus. But we have just seen with our very eyes of the amazing things and miracles that what he has done and what he's doing before our eyes. What shall we do about this? And Peter could have sat with them and said, well, let's let's have a conversation. And he could have sat with them and said, well, actually, you know what you should have done is you should have realized it a long time ago. And you shouldn't have said the words that you said. And you shouldn't have done the things that you did. And you shouldn't have behaved the way you behaved. But he doesn't say that, does he? He just says, actually, it's really, really simple. Because your eyes have been opened to the presence of Jesus, we'll just take it from there. We'll just take it from there. Now, if that was me, I'd be like, well, you know what? Eight years ago, you did this, and God revealed himself to you then, but you ignored him. You know, blah, 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 blah. Maybe that's just me. Maybe you're all kind. But actually what happened is Peter just said, don't worry. You have seen God. You have seen Jesus through the life of his spirit right here. You have seen him cause people to do things and to speak in tongues and to do some crazy things. But you have also seen very much before your eyes a God do miracles. And it cut them to the throat. These were hard people. It just cut them to the throat. It it stopped them in their steps. And he said this. They said to Peter, what shall we do? Peter replied really simply. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of the Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive Jesus today. The promise that is for you today is the presence of Jesus in your life. There in that very moment, after he had explained his purpose, Jesus' purpose for coming, He just told them really plainly what they needed to do. Now, let me be frank with you. If somebody came here today and stood before us and you just saw a miraculous miracle happen straight before your eyes, you'd probably probably believe it, wouldn't you? Because you've seen it. And I could stand here for the rest of the morning and tell you amazing testimonies and stories about how God is still transforming people's lives today. And we're going to hear some of those stories in a minute, and I won't tell you any more of mine. But we're going to hear some stories in a a minute where people who are being baptized today, they have come to that point where they have said, what do I need to do then? What do I need to do? And in that moment, as Peter says it, God says this. 
Don't worry about the past. It's all forgotten about. Don't worry about the past. It's all forgotten about. Come to me with a heart full of repentance. I don't know about you, but for me, that is a radical message. That's a message that the world doesn't speak. That's a message that we never hear in society, but that's why it's so radical and powerful. Peter says, just repent. Forget all that is past and repent. What does repent mean? Repent means simply just turning away from the past life and walking towards a new life. You know, so often when we think about repentance, it's about sorrow and it's about making people feel guilty for what they've done. It's not in in Jesus' eyes. Repentance is simply saying, you know what, this is the life I used to walk. I've received forgiveness from Jesus and I repent from that way of life and I turn around and I walk in a different walk and have a different life. Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And your sins will be forgiven. And today that you will know me and will have a living relationship with me. I personally think that's the best story I've ever heard in my life. It's a story that I pray that one day my mum and my dad and my brother and my sister and my aunties, my uncles, my granddad, my granny, the dog and the cat and all the rest of them. It's a message that one day I hope they'll really fully understand. And until they do, I'll keep praying for them until they understand that. And I want to just close by saying this. For those of you who are believers in Jesus today, I believe that we need to be filled with this spirit a lot more than we are because it will enable us to do so much more for God. But maybe there's some of you here today that actually in the past you've done things in your life that you think are just unbearable. Well, join the queue. You've done things in your life that are just shocking. Well, join the queue. And Jesus wants to say to you today, I want to reveal myself to you and I want to give you new life. The promise, it says here in the Bible, the promise for all of those people on that day was to repent, turn away from their own life, be baptized, and then receive that forgiveness in Jesus and walk a new life with him. And then it finishes in this passage, it says, Those who accepted that message that day were baptized, and 3,000 were added to their number. 3,000 were added to their number. And have you ever been somewhere when 3,000 people have been added to the church family? I was in a place called Lesotho once, and they had this big, big, big mission and they had, uh, they had over 40,000 people there. And I wasn't preaching there, but another pastor was. And, and one time in my life, I had the privilege of seeing uh, 4,100 people just come forward 
and give their lives to Jesus. It was amazing to see. I wonder if the band can come up. I'm just going to ask people to just respond in a way that only they can. It's really interesting, isn't it, that in a few moments' time, we're going to hear stories and testimonies of what God has done in people's lives. And those people who are going to give testimony are also going to go through the waters of baptism. But just for a few moments, I want all of us in this place to know that Peter preached a powerful message because it was the only message that will ever change our life for eternity. Peter preached an important message because this message is the only message that will change our life for eternity. Peter preached a message of promise of what was going to happen actually did happen because it is a message that will change our life for eternity. Peter preached the message as plain as he could because it was a message that was going to change people's lives for eternity. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.